The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, uh, we're a little bit drunk for fucking St. Patrick's Day, and Trevor had never fucking finished Titanic all the way through. So, yeah, we know, we're a little bit late to the party, but this is our 21 year late to the party review of the 1997 James Cameron's <laughs> Thai fucking Tanic. Uh, how are you doing this week, Trevor? <laughs> Good. I'm drowning myself steadily. Yeah. <laughs> through the weekend yeah it's a good weekend it's a good weekend i you know i'm gonna go I'm, I'm excited i'm gonna go camping next weekend i got a lot of shit coming up i'm going to charleston halfway through this week it's a busy week and us doesn't come out till next weekend so this is we're kind of a you know you know there's a couple lulls coming up before like because i don't think people are going to start throwing stuff out to die around like you know around may and Avengers Endgame and other things. So I do think yeah. we're going to have some more lulls that we have to fill this year, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, first we're going to talk about Ty fucking Tannic. You going to you going to you going to read us a summary for this or uh, oh, I got just it. assume that I got everyone it. has seen it by now. <laughs> but me. Storyline. Uh hold on. Actually, there's a separate summary. I almost did it. A 17-year-old aristocrat falls in love with a kind but poor artist boards aboard the luxurious ill-fated RMS Titanic. Uh, 84 years later, a hundred year old woman named Rose DeWitt Bucketer, Bucketer, I I, I never know her, her her name is Rose, like fucking no one remembers her last name, tells the story of her granddaughter, Lizzie Calvert, Brock Lovett, Louis Bodine, Bobby Buell, and and, uh, Anatoly Mikhailovich of the uh, Kells, uh, tells her story to (laughs) her granddaughter. Those characters have names? Yeah, the, those other those other assholes on the boat in 1994. <laughs> I know, I know that like Dennis Quaid's in there among the mix. He's the only one I remember. <laughs> De- uh, I think you're thinking of Bill Paxton. I always get them confused oh, too. Oh yeah, that's a that's a common common error. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but between the two of us, Dennis Quaid is, was <laughs> not gonna was not gonna just like be a main guy for the main thing. He's he's a he's an A lister, Dennis Quaid, or he's an A lister in my dreams. Uh, deporting uh, Keldon among. <laughs> On a ship called the Titanic, which young Rose boards the departing ship with the upper-class passengers and her mother, Ruth DeWitt Bukater, and her fiancé, Caledon Hockley, played by Billy Zane. I love Billy Zane in this movie. So. Oh, man. Oh, I love Billy Zane to begin with. Meanwhile, I still remember Billy Zane in the fucking Phantom. Like, that's always, like... That's oh, is always... that him? Is that the other thing that he did? That, yeah. Like, yeah. Billy Zane, he's, like, he's a villain in Titanic, and then he's the fucking purple Phantom. Like, that's... And I love that movie so much. I'll, I'm gonna review that movie this year with you. Oh, that Phantom. See, I yeah. thought you meant Phantom of the Opera for me. I was like, wait, no, that was Gerard Butler, right? Okay, oh, no. you mean, right. like... All right, you somebody... Might... God damn it! You're gonna make me IMDb Billy Zane. <laughs> I I'm already on it. The Phantom. I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's called that, the no. Phantom. That that was a movie that like I had on like VHS tape that I I liked. That it, liked. Uh, it, I'm looking at the poster and it it 
it i think vhs it, it looks like it is a, it is right it looks it, like something that only ever existed on vhs it, it's pretty much like i don't i didn't see that shit in theaters like i definitely only saw that shit on vhs and i think it came with like one of those like, like a double trouble vhs copy of the phantom and then the phantom animated series and that's how i got it and i watched those tapes to death <laughs> i think that's like i don't know why yeah uh, your the childhood phantom. was so much cooler than mine uh dude, I I I doubt that. Let's not get into the specific things. I'm sorry, I'm making it personal. Let's let's get on with this. You did a little bit, but sorry. I will yeah. say that I consumed. I did consume probably too much media. My parents were probably not great in that respect. But let's not talk about it. Um, yeah. So, old lady on a boat. 100 years old talking about how she was on the Titanic when it sank and she got rescued and she tells a love story about how for some reason diamonds don't matter but the life you live matters uh it's dumb uh, oh yeah that's, 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 that's <laughs> and his what, best friend that's what Fabrizio De Rossi and uh okay so meanwhile a drifter and an artist named Jack Dawson and his best friend Fabrizio De Rossi and win third class tickets in the ship in a game and she explains the whole story from departure until the death of the Titanic on its first and last voyage april 15th 1912 at 2:20 in the morning yeah this is james cameron's like this is the james thing. cameron at his james cameron yes right right and, and it's one of those things too where it's just like it, it's it is the closest thing that i think came to like kind of one of those worldwide um you know because it's one of those things was so all-time domestic it's fifth place oh, yeah. all, all-time adjusted it's fifth place all-time worldwide it's two I'm glad um, you got to the numbers on this because I was I was curious about that. Yeah, I know yeah. those are big numbers, big deal. Yeah. And it's ironically ironically, here's a fun fact. It's domestic opening weekend was twenty eight million. Um wait, that, is that right? That doesn't sound like a lot, but it's that not. was twenty years ago. So. Right. And that's that's the other thing too, is like I could probably look up opening adjusted. I don't think it was. I think the issue with Titanic is that this was a movie that stayed in fucking box offices for oh yeah like that's the thing yeah uh december 1912 yeah tomorrow yeah (laughs) it came out versus tomorrow never dies which made 25 million opening weekend as well so that's just Mm. funny it's funny Mm. to think that like these two movies like let's look at tomorrow never dies no one fucking remembers tomorrow never dies for fucking being a a box office fucking smash so again i don't think it was opening weekends that did it but it's i think the fact staying power yeah yeah because we're talking about a two billion dollar film gross worldwide, mm. and when we look at it domestically, it earned six hundred fifty nine million, but it earned a billion and a half at That's foreign box offices. Pretty good before like. I mean, the international market's a lot bigger now, right? Like that's yeah. pretty good before. Well, like, dude, like know. what what Avengers Avenger movies don't break a billion? Yeah. Like think right? about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like think, all right. Let's see. All let's say, let's try. Let's do all time worldwide. It's number two at all time worldwide, unadjusted. Mm. Yeah, oh. Star Wars. Because let's talk about this. Star Wars: The Force yeah. Awakens did two billion uh, sixty eight something. Titanic did two billion one hundred eighty seven million, and then Avatar is the number one at two billion seven hundred eighty eight million. So for all time grosses, Titanic and Avatar, James Cameron is still the box office fucking king. Because yep. like king let's, of the go world. Down, yeah, let's, let's go down this list here because it's really this list is super infuriating. <laughs> the top of the list is Avatar, 
Titanic, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which, you know, we're not the star, we're not the Star Wars guys on this cast. I mean, I, you know, we not probably, anymore. Not yeah, anymore. We, we really are. We really are not the guys that like Star Wars anymore. Um, and then you got Avengers: Infinity War, Jurassic World, and Marvel's The Avengers: The First One at one point five billion. But that's a huge fucking drop off. Consider that Infinity War made two billion. The first Avengers made one point five. So it's like the first Avengers made. These are the international total totals. Yeah, worldwide yeah. totals unadjusted. Hmm. So that's the thing, right. too. Think about this. The Wait, so it's still up there, unadjusted? Yeah. This is worldwide wow. grosses. It yeah, is okay. two right. unadjusted at 1997. And that is like Number one is fucking, Avatar. Yeah, right. in 2009. Though I have to admit, that's probably because adjusted is probably pretty pretty intense like but i wonder i wonder let me see if i can find worldwide adjusted uh because i can't all-time worldwide all-time adjusted and that's gonna be weird yeah because it's all i only see domestic grosses for adjusted ticket prices so adjusted gone with the wild is number one star wars is two uh the sound of music et the extraterrestrial and then titanic and then six is the ten commandments yeah for adjusted and then Dr. Zivago is fucking adjusted at eight. Dude, have fuck? you seen Dr. Zivago? I have not, actually. I've never seen <laughs> that movie. I know, I know, I know, like, fucking of it, but, like... It does, uh, it does not hold up to the hype, and it does not look particularly good. Uh, it has not aged well. Let's let's put it that way. No, no, I'm, I'm totally I'm totally down for that. Those things. I think I think that's the other thing too is that when you talk about the Titanic, it's like you're not really talking about Titanic. You're talking about the fact that every human being on Earth has practically seen this movie. That's 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 just a fact. Is like you know literally like almost like one third of like one third of the humans on Earth saw this movie when it came out. Yeah, I mean, I was seven and I didn't you know know. I had never seen a PG-13 movie before. All the movies I saw were animated, but, like, I remember seeing this poster and it making, like, an impression on me and, like, wondering what that was about. That's how big a deal it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking... It's fucking weird. But I also think that that's a staying power... That's that's still a domestic staying power. So, domestic, worldwide, whatever you want to go down to, this was kind of the... Kind of the weekend... It was kind of the thing that like brought blockbusters back a little bit like it kind of changed the game a little bit and i do want to note directors james cameron writers james cameron actors leonardo DiCaprio, kate winslet billy zane kathy bates which kathy bates is a weird world bill paxton uh hill ian grufford producers with john landau cinematography was russell carpenter and composer was james horner this is a weird james horner script actually i i, I always it, ha- it has like it has like such oh, a God, heavy yeah. heavy-handed orchestra is the other thing too that i forgot well i i was okay so my girlfriend you know was like you gotta just you need to watch i mean we we do that's what we do we we pick movies that are good to drink to and then and we drink and watch movies and um like i just came out of nowhere i guess we were talking about it's like yeah i've never seen it from beginning to end and uh you know she loves to quote so and she quotes from it all the time and i get the quotes but i still just like you need to see it from beginning to end you just you just need to get it over it's like you don't have to get me very drunk and it's like okay that's what we're doing this weekend anyway anyway this i start talking about oh james horner yeah this is kind of nice and then the motifs start and i'm like oh yeah can we make that a drink for motifs? It's like all this movie is is motifs. It's like in the score. Yeah. So, yeah. It's 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 really fucking it's really fucking weird actually. 
And it's really weird to kind of sit here with this like box office and look at it and just be like, that must be adjusted. No, no, because Avatar and Titanic did way better than The Force Awakens did. Because The Force Awakens actually crushed them both domestically in current numbers. Because Avatar did six hundred Titanic did six hundred million at the box office here, and Avatar did seven hundred forty nine million at the box office here, and Avengers did six twenty three, and The Force Awakens, the first one, did nine hundred and thirty six million at the box office domestically. So the box office domestically, Star Wars The Force Awakens <clears throat> We Americans really wanted to fucking see Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. But here's 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 the fun fact that I did not know about the Titanic is that on its opening weekend, here is just like a fucking crushing thing. Opening weekends of all time, it's 369th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's, that's unadjusted uh, yeah. as well, but that's like it. It did. It did not. It did not do well its opening weekend, and then it got word of mouth going, and then people just fucking went to went and went and went to this thing, which is also differentiating between like that and Titanic. Yeah, movies don't work like that anymore. Right? Yeah, no. Well, it's also like you just like I don't think people would like keep shit on the cinemas of things. I think the schedule's just too fucking packed for something to do like that. Like that's the difference too. Is like his opening weekend for Avatar was double that the next time around. I mean, mm-hmm. that, but even Avatar's, where's Avatar's opening, uh, all-time adjusted is 15. Wow, where didn't we, all-time adjusted for Avatar is actually particularly low. Why is well, that? I'd argue a big part of that's 3D ticket sales. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Because all-time, yeah, because Titanic also helps a lot with adjusted gross. Because Titanic was technically, if you adjust it, a Titanic's above Avatar. Um yeah, I think that's I think that's an interesting bit here. But opening weekend, it's opening weekend, it's top 57th of un- unadjusted opening weekends pull sales. And the top the top of all Star Wars the Force Awakens opening weekend was 390,000. And that's the thing is that Star Wars the Force Awakens and Infinity War ha- are like the two top opening weekend domestic box offices. And the last Jedi is right after that Jurassic World, Black Panther, uh the original Avengers. It's all it's all the guys that you'd expect to be dominating that thing. Incredibles too, ironically, is up there too. People people were thirsty for that, and it did not hold worth. <laughs> I mean, I was thirsty too. I did. I just it didn't hold worth goddamn anything. But it's uh, another yeah. it's another scene on a boat that doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's fucking talk about this shit though. Uh, what was your? This was the first time that you've actually seen this, and so let's fucking talk about what did you think of this fucking movie? I mean. I had seen so much of it in bits and pieces, but first of all, um, it's too long. Let's put that out there. <laughs> three hours. It is three fucking hours. The movie is too long. <laughs> it is three hours and 14 minutes, and I think that it broke norm. I think this is the movie that broke the norm that allowed I, a three-hour movie to happen. And I honestly, it doesn't. it does not feel too long. Honestly, it feels incredibly well-paced as a story. Like, the storytelling is is honestly masterful. It's very, like, I don't know. It's not a tight script, I wouldn't say. But, I mean, no. I, it, it, it knows what it's doing. I don't, I don't know. Like, um, I'd never seen it from start to finish, but I'd heard plenty of it before about, like, the like how the guy that shoots himself, like, is a hero at his hometown because he saved people and like they make him out to be the guy shooting passengers and like kind of a coward which sucks and it's all about class struggle and i've heard like the inaccuracies of it before where like they lock the lower class passengers below the decks which did not happen and like i don't know there's a lot of i haven't like researched the history of the titanic 
a, a huge amount. Like, and yeah. apparently there's like some varying accounts. Yeah. Like, we don't even know whether they went back for survivors or not. Like, the unsinkable right. Molly, who is played by um, Kathy Bates, is one of the more memorable characters. I think yeah. the whole point of her is that she supposedly got people to turn around and get. Uh, look for survivors but we don't even know first of all if that actually happened or secondly if they found anybody like it's it's all there's a big shroud of mystery on it but not enough not a big enough thick enough shroud to know like how much they got wrong i guess which you know i it's a hollywood movie like it doesn't have to be completely historically accurate in, in you know, fact i think that's i feel I've, i'm gonna stop you there because this is this is one of the things that i think is very hard to separate out 90s movies were not known for their historical accuracy like it's, it's a very in, it's like very in general yeah yeah pre pre 9-11 like we did not want to fucking have historical accuracy we wanted to have well-told stories <laughs> whoa whoa like pre 9-11 specifically <laughs> like, i i absolutely you think that oh yeah i think there's a i think i think there is a well-documented shift in movie and gritty realism yeah like i think um, i think i think the shift to gritty realistic superhero is like a 9-11 shift in mentality and i'm not saying 9-11 caused that i'm saying 9-11 caused a lot of other shit which well, shifted like, the zeitgeist yeah, into I mean, that direction batman fucking yeah, exactly like. but, but did that happen because of like people were ready for it and there's like a whole other mentality of it like there's there's arguments to say that there were movies that could have begun that shift earlier but you know the shift was ready to happen because of like the culture and where it was i, I don't know i'm not blaming i'm not blaming terrorists for gritty realism <laughs> reboots like i don't know because like vietnam was like whenever america supposedly lost its innocence but i think i don't know maybe as far as pop culture hollywood fair maybe you could still be right about that I Maybe. I have no idea. I don't know. That's a very broad statement. I cannot possibly hope to evaluate. But America um, is a country that has lost its innocence multiple times. We're essentially a whore at this point. Like I mean, we're just we're, we're pro- JD Salinger. Innocence and experience much. is a cycle, man. It's a it's a merry-go-round. So you know. Mm. But I do think okay. there was a sense of in the '90s of like excess. And like, and then that's the thing we talk about. Maybe that's because, you know, we like to talk about, like, I always see it through the lens of fucking the big short or something, but there was this sense of like, well, there was a the dot-com bubble, right? I there mean, was the dot-com bubble. Everything was good. And like Spice Girls were a thing. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we were experiencing media more and more at the time. And I think that's the reason of it. Like we have a sense where the world just like the world was media was beginning to shift our worldviews. And I think nineties is when that started to fucking happen. Where like TV, where we would see things on TV in real fucking time, like 24 hour news cycle was starting to be a thing then. And I think that, I think, I think that is like a huge shift to note because I just think that like the mindset of going back to watching nineties movies, like fucking demolition, man, like, fuck. Yeah. I love that movie. It has no goddamn bearing on reality. And like looking back in time on that and trying to like apply natural, like, whatever or storytelling to it is just a fool's fucking errand i mean and that's a 19- but that's and that's and demolition man is a hard 1993 movie too so that's that's a very, that's a much different like 90s movie than like 1997 so i mean and you know you see people like oh these are all these historical inaccuracies but it, it they are so it's it's such a stark contrast to like the whole point of this movie is the ship okay we're recreating the reason this movie won oscars is the ship it's not the romance not anything it's not it's this fucking ship and that's that's what you get into is like they recreate the ship you know he hires uh people with dwarfism to work in the engine room to make the engines look bigger like it's just it's the recreation of the ship it's the 3d modeling and everything and like 
you know, I mean, the the onus is so much that you are going to buy into the story and still be invested that he can show you that simulation in the beginning and like you know how it's going to sink and everything and you're still get invested. I mean, it's just the fascination with the thing and the shipwreck and the footage that he got specifically for this movie, which by the way, Bill Paxton is like clearly his insert character. Like it's just yeah, yeah. Bill Paxton is James Cameron. That's who he is. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Go ahead. There's that, but then there's like, I don't know, the spirit of the thing. Like, you take this, like, the story of the Titanic is told for, like, you know, the human tragedy and, like, the showing of humanity in the midst of tragedy. And you make it into this thing about class struggle where people are acting cowardly and it's very much like every man for himself, like, the where they lock the lower classes below deck and... Cal is like the bad boy boyfriend fiance is like grabbing a child so that he can get onto a lifeboat like it's just the most cynical film I think honestly um I I guess like this is the maybe that maybe it is cynical maybe here's the other thing too it's like I think the thing is that the core element is like you know it's also it's obviously like the zest for human experience, like the will to live. It's like, it's, 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 I think maybe that's like where it is. It's like, you know, it's, it's, there's so much tragedy and I guess that's the thing. It's like, for me, one of the things I always experience weirdly in Titanic is that tone is all over the place with some of the contents of the, like there's random funny ass moments in there that just like really throw me off and stuff or things that I find funny. And I blame that, the fact that I can't really tell the tone of the Titanic on the on that on the movie's success as a whole, like it's one of those things where the Titanic is so unfucking invested and Leonardo, and it was the thing that launched Leonardo to like fucking not just stardom oh, yeah. but like superstardom. Like he was, you know, he's he's a list a list now, and I I still think a lot of that has to do a fucking Titanic goodwill that he stays yeah. on there. Not yeah. just his, I mean, he's also like he's actually does a good actor, but like you know, there's well, tons of there's tons of guys. You, I mean, you don't think he's a good actor? No, I just I know all, he does not work for a lot of people. I don't know. Um, I know like his Oscar one was a long time coming, but then he got it for The Revenant, which is like no one is ever going to watch The Revenant again. Let's be real; <laughs> like no one's ever going to yeah. make the choice to sit through The Revenant a second time. Yeah, I actually, I, I my favorite performance of his that I've seen is still probably his Candy. And um, yeah, I do think that's his best. Comp- I do, I do, I fucking totally agree with that. I think that is, I think that is a good turn of performance for him. And I think that basic character work, like I think he brings a lot of star power. I feel like he's like he's for me, he's like one of those classic stars that is like quote unquote star power and just like packs it into like a he. He's got like he's not hammy per se, but he's like he's like well controlled ham in t- inside a role. And but he's still like he's still like a legit actor at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's he's uh he's ham here, I think. He's, oh no no, he's he's full like six sheets to the wind. Like <laughs> I I fucking had a fucking like you know, you know, sunny, you know, sunny in Philadelphia like rum ham. Like that's that's how fucking ham he is, but that's that's a really bad joke. <laughs> um Kate Winslet is supposed to be 17 in this. 
That's gross. That's gross. <laughs> at least, at least you know it's one of those things. Oh, too I, don't, where, I don't think that makes the romance gross because I can't remember how old he is. But I'm I mean, sure he he's like something similar. A teenager, and, and I'm I'm sure that's I'm in saying, there. Yeah. No, no, no. This is good. Like this is us. 20. This is good for us to point right. out because yeah. you know when anime does it, we just need to make sure that everyone knows there are movies where Americans have done it too. It is not mm-hmm. just the Japanese. Like I'm just pointing it out. We're all a little bit weird about stuff if you literally look at it. But that's okay. Yeah. Like especially yeah. our present our presentation of young people well again this was in the 90s too and she's like uh i don't think it's aged particularly well either there's like this couple lines dawson's dawson's creek with fucking like you know 30 year olds that are like we're 15 (laughs) oh fuck dude i never watched dawson's creek i didn't i i'm not i'm thinking beverly hills 90210 or whatever it was that was before my time i was seven at the time i was not capable of engaging with that I was yeah. seven when this movie came out. Fuck me, I'm old. But no, like that's that's not a problem. I I don't think about that. I'm just saying, she doesn't look seventeen. Um, no, but. well, I, I also think it's it's supposed to be built in there that like Billy Zane's character, who she's supposed to marry, is significantly older. And also, like Who? Billy's Billy Zane looked like a corpse <laughs> the moment he was born. That's like that's my thing too. And he he just plays into it, and he just I love I love he, Billy Zane. He really knows what this movie is about. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, like um, I, I, like more so than like the other two characters. Yeah. <laughs> like Billy Zane's like class issues. Yeah. Ugh, I'm just. Disgusting. Let me rub my nipples to rub your uh, class in this. He, he 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 wears eyeliner just so that we know to hate him because he's a man so that wears fantastic. eyeliner. It's so fantastic. I don't I don't even hate that decision. I don't even hate that decision. Everything around Billy Zane's character in this is fine because uh, I think I think that's the other thing too is I feel like that's the difference is like some of the subtlety of the performances. Like this is not a movie that demands subtlety. This is a movie that demands big dramatic uh, fucking yeah, men with eyeliner. Rose when she is intending to commit suicide runs through like as much of the ship as possible to make sure everyone is paying attention to her before she like goes to the edge to think about jumping like it is just but that's like that's a that's an actual suicide thing though like that's that's a total thing that people do like they try to like well if it's a cry for help which i guess it was because she's like oh you weren't gonna jump and like she's yeah, I think I think it even I think it I think like I like that that has the that has the But the, then literally no one follows her. Like, you know, it's just like and the way that scene cuts too, you're like, why is she running? What happened? Where like what what's the what's the urgency here? What's the agency about yeah, this? Yeah, they don't know? they don't they don't do a good job of initially selling. It's not till she starts talking to Jack that I like figured out, oh, all this stuff's really bad for her. I guess like cuz like just the way it is, it's like, I don't know. Like I, d- I never identify with Rose. Like it's one of those things it's like initial Rose is just like a whiny bitch and I'm just like I just I, I just I, guess so you sad. think I'm uh, just a upper class white girl, huh? Is the line that she literally says like yeah that. i just yeah. like she also compares she herself say to upper a class slave. she doesn't up oh, oh man that's, that's that line somebody, has not aged well it's not aged well <laughs> like does she say upper class white girl i don't know if she says upper class i know she says something white girl oh does she Inno- innocent little white girl or something like that does she say white? that seems weird maybe to not say white. white girl i don't think she says white girl because that doesn't it's, that doesn't make sense to that doesn't make no, sense to look at leonardo DiCaprio no, and be like no, right. white girl it's, it's, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't make any it's, fucking sense it's, trevor no you're right you're right it's it's some i just it's some other signifier it's a, you're not a wrong, race or sure, class i can't remember what it I'm is i'm sure i'm yeah. sure it's like i'm up some little uptown girl you're right that 
doesn't. Know. That, you're right. That that wouldn't make sense. Um, no, no, no. I just yeah. I I want to be on like the script revision for this because there there's a lot of weird lines in here, and I was like poking through, and I was like, God, I just I just forget favorite, so much about this. My my favorite is when she's like, "Well, oh, you're being so rude," or something like when she's like. Uh, on the deck with him or something. And then she grabs his sketchbooks. Like, what is this? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't you, like, like I need to get away from you. What, are, what is this you're carrying around? What, what, you know, like, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird choice. It's a weird relationship. No, I don't think it's a weird relationship. I think it's a really straightforward fantasy, like upper lower class relationship. The, basic onus of the relationship makes sense I can i can i tell you what i do think is interesting about it too which it doesn't happen in fucking 200 million dollar blockbusters i think one of the things that we've lost about titanic is that it is a traditional romantic it's romance it's a romance drama but also yeah. like the real pov characters i mean the pov is very specifically rose but kind of leonardo caprio is essentially playing a manic pixie dream boy <laughs> Oh yes, like, like undoubtedly. That, like that's that's one of the things that like we don't like we don't like deal with that. Like the fact that like it's possible that Manic Pixie like Dream Boy existed before it's 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 thing that's much more well known. <laughs> like that's cause, like, yeah. Because when did Garden State come out? Because I, I I always think of Garden State as the originator. Well, that's the of that. prototypical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure it existed in some form before that. And Natalie but, Portman's like talked a lot about that since then too. It's like how it's supposedly. I don't know. Like people talk about whether it's a deconstruction of it or if it's the actual originator. If it's just trying to, I don't know. I I fuck, I think Garden, Garden State, State hasn't necessarily aged well, but I yeah. still kind of like it, man. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Of like all the things that Zach Braff ever did, it's probably the best thing he ever did. I I don't know. I, I yeah. Still like, okay. So Catherine Hepburn and bringing a baby, Roman Holiday. Palm Beach story seems some like it hot Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe and some like it hot is not a manic pixie dream girl. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that that trope you gotta understand that trope like got carried away, like got some steroids or something. Like people are like, oh, yeah. I see this everywhere, you know? Like, yeah, because uh, a lot of this, a lot of this is dumb. Like, yes, Natalie Portman. I think the problem is is that the that the term we, we the modern usage of it was not coined and was coined off perhaps the deconstruction of. Constru- the deconstruction of it maybe that's the issue with the thing in yeah. of it itself because like Faye Wan Wong from Chungking Express like nah dude <laughs> what what are you talking about like and also like Marilyn Monroe is like doing like a fucking character archetype and her something some like it hot where she's just Betty Booping all over the fucking place like that's <laughs> that's not a manic pixie dream girl by any stretch I don't know but, like, I'm seeing yes, this list right. and I'm yeah I'm if, sorry if there is a manic pixie dream boy Leonardo DiCaprio is, is doing here's the one thing i will say maria van trapp in the sound of music is actually probably a manic pixie dream girl oh yeah i totally agree with that one i totally agree with that one i'm looking i'm looking at these now and like some of them i'm like i totally do see earlier editions of this she's not eccentric though is she what are you talking about like the the opening song is what do we do about maria like she's she's literally like definitionally eccentric and she's like taking these children around like singing songs and no no you're right you're right she does she has them put on a puppet show about about goats yeah, right. Good point. <laughs> Fuck 
<laughs> Fuck. I, <laughs> oh, I, I hope all our classic reviews will be like this when we debate. Really? But, I feel like we've barely bitten into the meat of it yet. I don't yeah, know. I really want. Um, I really want to see the manic pixie dream boy. If there's like a yeah. Oh no! Look, there's actually a coin on the Wikipedia page. Manic pixie dream boy. Uh, a possible male version of this trope. The possible. <laughs> Was found in August Waters from the film version of The Fault in Our Stars. He was uh, given the title in the Citizen for Vulture article, uh, such as Parks and Recreation and 30 Rock, the female protagonists of the shows. So Adam Scott and Ben Wyatt and James Marsden and, and Chris Cross, respectively, uh, are thought of as Manny Pixie, Manic Pixie Dream Boys, which I don't think I don't think that's fun. Well, I think, and, and Parks and Rec? Yeah, Adam Scott is a really good character, actually. I mean, Ben Wyatt, I, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I don't... He, he's, like, a good character. He's, like, a good fleshed-out character, because you've got... There's so many fucking episodes of that show, like... Yeah, just, he, like, you did, literally, he did you literally can't, or whatever, you can't, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't fucking have a character on fucking 200 episodes of a fucking sitcom not be fleshed out just from, like... Like just material that you have to write with. <laughs> no, you can't have a magic, a magic pixie dream girl on. You a can only sitcom. write so shallowly if you have to do like exactly hundred episodes. Yeah, <laughs> like you have to have a Ben episode at some point, and then by definition, he's not shallow anymore. I mean, yeah. he can still be shallow. Maybe Aubrey, maybe uh, like you know, like the death. Like maybe that's possible. Like Aubrey Plata's character, but she has really good development with Lindsay. I'm does. done. I'm done. Yeah. I, Why I, are we I, talking about? We should stop talking about. Yeah. No. This is well. No, this is. I think this is a fun thing. Is to suggest that Manny Pixie Dream Girls cannot fucking exist on television. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um. Actually, I'm sure New Girl will be brought up. Let's not talk about that. Oh fuck! People like New Girl, though. I thought. I, I, thought, I like. I like New Girl, but it's Zoe Deschanel, so there's no way that Manny Pixie Dream. <laughs> she's literally by definition a walking Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and I just imagine her like own conversations when she go home or shallow. That's like well, you can't. The whole point of 500 Days of Summer is that she is like comes. A crosses that type so it's a deconstruction because that's all he sees her as right. but really she's not and that's the whole point of that movie Ugh. there's a good video I watched about this I'll find it for you I don't yeah. know it's yeah I don't know yes man is the one where I'm just like holy god oh I've never seen yes man where he's he's that. a he's a he's yeah. faking I, I, I know the premise I the, know premi- the premise, the premise is yes he's faking being a manic pixie dream boy kind of weird uh, actually uh, 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 it, yeah <laughs> and it's also like it's a weird yes man is a weird jim carrey performance i, I don't want to talk about yes man also like th- some old lady gives him a blowjob it's like a are you sure you don't want to talk about this it sounds like you need to talk about this have you no, seen I'm... kidding don't watch kidding if you can't handle a weird jim carrey performance don't oh, watch kidding fuck dude I, I made it through like me myself and irene like Oh, well, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie is. That movie is. <laughs> that movie is. There's is, a Coldplay song that plays in the climax oh, of that movie. That, that movie uh, is punishing to watch. <laughs> that's, that's, like a, that's like one of those. There's like a couple of movies that. Someone like, turns think, around in the rain and lets somebody. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> there are a couple of movies that I think that just like are fine movies, but are just like absolute punishments of, to like a person to make them watch. Mm. It's like it's like Requiem for a Dream and fucking me myself and Irene. <laughs> like, fuck that movie. Sorry. Like Requiem for a Dream actually has some fucking points to be made. So whatever. Yeah. I mean, it has yeah. one point that it yeah. beats into the ground. Drugs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It beats it. It well, beats it into the bed with yeah. it like a fucking. All right. Let's talk about fucking Titanic. <laughs> I don't know. This isn't. This isn't unpleasant to watch. There's plenty of like. I think. Okay. Here's. Here's. Oh yeah. Let me say this because I haven't. Sp- 
talked about what I think about it. You really but haven't given me. I, I really because I'm no. I, you're the one that's seen this for the new thing, so I have. I'm coming late to the table, and I did rewatch it a, a, quite recently, so I'm not. I'm not too unfamiliar with it. One of the things I will say is that I think. First off, the production values of this piece for the time and what they were are just we can't talk enough about that. We talk a lot about how I, you know, Avatar's digital production values were also of a time, but I still think this is like the better version of it because like I think it's done more subtly. I think it's done in a cool sort of way, and I think the boat design is fucking fan fucking tastic. And I think that it plays into all these weird Titanic people that are out there. Because trust me, I was at the <laughs> Belfast. I was recently at the Belfast Titanic Museum, and holy god, there are some Titanic fanboys like they like there is just i a mean group you've of people. seen the american dad episode right yeah where like like they or no no there's also there's also a fucking rick and morty episode about it too where like jerry's into the titanic and like going on oh is it rick and morty group. fuck i it's misremembered rick and morty, it. yeah shit take and away then at the, my, and then at the end she's doing whatever. the cape the cape yeah. fear bit where she's on the bottom of the car and she's just like i'm going to have sex with you in this car and that's what yeah. i wanted to do my whole life and it's gross because, you know, I imagine that the car at like a Titanic adventure is like the dirtiest place on earth. Yeah. Because that's that's like such a true fact. Because you go, have you ever been to like one of these Titanic dinner cruises? Where no, the boat sinks? I haven't fucking been to one of these fucking things. Oh, <laughs> dude. I It's one of those things. It's like, I really am glad that I've seen that I've read Neil Gaiman's American Gods before it was a show because like. Reading American Gods made me appreciate, like, crappy American experiences. <laughs> like, like the roadside attraction is the holiest place in America. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, it, it, like, made me love certain things. Like, there was, my mom, my mom and dad, like, ah, they like that kind of shit. And they just, they'll go to that. Like, there's this place called Pigeon Forge in North fucking Carolina. Pigeon Forge. Let me tell you about Pigeon fucking Forge. No, no, no. Hold on. What is it called? It's Pigeon Forge. I think it is. It is a. It is essentially a year-round Christmas town. Oh. And it's and it has like a Christmas hotel. I, I may be saying the name wrong. I don't know what it's called. So yeah. Just yeah. It's Christmas. A, yeah. It's got. It's got. Uh, yeah, it's got like a Dollywood, uh, like Dollywood Splash County, Titanic Museum attraction, the island and Pigeon Forge. It's like this weird sort of like resort town, but also it has like a shitload of like these like Christmas shops and we go to this Christmas hotel. And I don't know if you've ever been to a Christmas hotel in fucking July, no. but it's weird. It's fucking weird, man. So y'all actually literally went in July. Yeah, we went in July, and then we're, like, very hot on this Titanic cruise event thing. But I, I don't know. It was, like, one of those things where it's just, like, you, you very easily see the paint and seams around the event, and it's just, like, I appreciate it as, like, a thing. But anyways, the point is, is that there are a lot of people with hard-ons for the Titanic, and they're out there, and, they're, and, they're, and they are fucking legion, uh, unlike, you know pantsless hot dog people with corn dogs um but the point the point is is that like you know there's a lot of popularity and i think one of the big things about this thing is i think the actual sinking scene when it gets there is actually quite good the greater issue here is like how earned is jack's death oh because, like, we have this moment, and I think it's actually brave for a 1997 movie. I think that's the difference. As I think this was actually shocking and interesting for a 1997 movie. Because, like, I don't... Yeah, he I dies. Think, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it is... I think it is a very un-1997 thing for the protagonist 
essentially the guy to die because it's still from her things. And I think it has a, I think it had more of a powerful impact because of that. And I think it drove home the movie's plot, even though it started the meme of like, bitch, there's room on that door. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I am familiar with that meme. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole point is that he like gives her a new lease on life. Kind of. I mean, God, did I actually just say that phrase? I'm sorry. I don't. Why? I don't. I, I don't know why. Thing. Why do you think that? Why um, do you think that? I, so actually, I want to unpack this a little bit. Why do you think that phrase makes you cringe? Because it's like specifically what they use in the summaries. I think for like movies where that's what happens. Um, yeah. I mean, it's literally that's definitionally what manic pixie dream boys are do. Which this is actually this is actually literally frigging the manic pixie dream boy. I'm actually super curious. I want a list. They don't have a list of Manic Pixie Dream Boys, and I'm upset about it. I, I'm sure it's like a super uncommon trope. Like I'm, sh- I'm sure like the balance of Manic yeah. Pixie Dream Girls to Manic Pixie Dream Boys uh, is just like super fucking uncommon. But I do think in romantic dramas, there's like there is like usually like a perfect boy who shows up near the end of the foot. Like like a lot of '90s films to just like round out the fucking drama of it. Or it's the guy in the room that, like, love was there all along, and you just didn't see it, which is always just a weird thing to tell a woman. This <laughs> like, looks like, your eyes are incorrect. <laughs> it's the loser in the corner. <laughs> it was great for you all along, you loser. <laughs> Bring your expectation I mean, down, women. <laughs> I think that's the basic problem I have with the film is that, I, I guess it, I, I mean, it. Mm, the whole point is that she's going to lose the money of the family and pot and her mom doesn't know how to live like that. If she doesn't marry into money and that's, what's putting all this pressure on her, which I guess works. And yeah, uh, it's, it's a very, and, it's a very social class classified. It's like a very social status thing. It actually Titanic actually asks us to, to buy into a lot of like, it's it is it's like this weird romance novel in a weird sort of way and it's just like it's just packed on top of like essentially like like a low-level thriller and it's like but it also is doing the you know it's doing the little did they know the titanic would sink thing which i think is what gives this movie a lot more breath to it does that make sense like it gives it it gives it such like a so much more um well, they find Power. out like halfway through the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, and so, I think that's a dumb decision for me personally. Like the whole second half is like, what? We still have how much of this left? I don't, yeah. yeah um, well, it's also it's also like I'm not. It's very hard to tell where the midpoint of this movie actually is. Yeah, I mean it. And plot structure it does, but in terms of actually knowing where an hour and a half is going, like it's very easy to know where the midpoint plot structure wise is. But I have no idea because the movie does flow, and I know I don't check my watch very much when I watch this. It's very hard to pick up when the hour and thirty actually elapses. Yeah, well, because they say yeah, they they give you how much time, and then they it's not like synced or anything. But yeah, I don't know. Okay, one other thing I have to mention, though, as far as the historical inaccuracy goes. It is insane that Rose has this art collection that you instantly recognize because all those paintings still exist. (laughs) Like, like you see that, and she's like, uh, also, she's like, I don't know, it's like Picasso somebody. (laughs) 
I don't know, just like, uh, I just, the, the fact that it's, I don't know, it's, it's like that kind of wink nudge to the audience, like, you're no Picasso, right? Like, I, clearly, uh, like the fact that you recognize these paintings that like are obvious, they can't, Picasso's estate even supposedly brought up like the thing with it's like why is it there if it's not lost why did you do that <laughs> doesn't make any sense um yeah sorry that's i know that's not what you're getting at it's just kind of a tidbit but you know no I, I, yeah there's it, a lot about this movie it. it's i think that's the thing is like this movie aggressively at points it's a well-constructed movie but there's so much about it that just like threatens to take me out of the experience and like push me back in and i think this is one of the things too is it doesn't particularly hold up on a lot of things cgi does not hold up and that's fine i mean it's it was very very also, good for neil the degrasse time. tyson pointed out the sky infamously was wrong <laughs> Or something, something. Fuck you know him. Like, Which was I'm everybody's sorry. reaction. Like, fuck. Like, that. fuck you. That's not a normal thing for somebody to fucking know. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Like, they're on a Leonardo DiCaprio is freezing his balls off on the set, and he's not gonna get an Oscar. I'm not ever after this. I'm, that was that was my that was my gimme. I'm not actually upset about that one. I didn't um, think you were. <laughs> What do you think about Billy Zane going like suicide, like going like really angry at the end of the movie and like, I'm going to kill you and like lock you in the cabin and I have people that'll murder so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is too, is like, I feel like that's just another dimension, like tension point. And I think that, I think that like, I do think that it weaves, it does a good job of weaving like the tragedy of the whole thing into itself. But I think also like, it just like, it definitely needs to create tension and points because the story is about like a shift and her location of it and then like you flash forward and it's like and then she's just like dropping the stone into the sea again and I'm just like and she's like things don't matter and I'm like you old bitch like this this <laughs> dude spending a lot of money to fucking dick up the Titanic alright whatever sorry. so I, I had a friend who infamously his mother in the theater shouted out bitch give it to me whenever she throws it overboard that's it's just, just that's like a, a terrible fantastic. thing to do that's a fantastic yeah, I thing I want to I want to, I want to like that. That's like, that's something that I include in like a 30 second short to talk about like a miserly character in a movie where I'm like, she's like watching Titanic for the first time. Bitch, give it up. That's such a good, I'm going to use that material. It's the same woman that I was the first time I was watching Crimson Tide. Every time they dove down in the sub, she's like, dive, dive, dive. But uh, you got to love a lady that's just got to comment on like (laughs) movies. Uh, I still like Crimson Tide though. I don't know Crimson Tide. Oof, that that's probably aged interestingly. <laughs> I haven't watched that. Re- I haven't watched that recently. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and rate this. I know. Uh, I don't. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Uh, let's. Do, I want to do a fun. A fun look behind though, because this uh, is something fun. we could do. I know. I know um, exactly I what do, you're doing. I want to look at the Metacritic. And I want to look at the fucking IMDb score and the Rotten Tomatoes for Titanic. And let's just see. I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes earlier and critics liked it better than audiences. Just blows my mind. Like, that's just. What are you talking about? Critics. Critics fucking suck this movie's dick, dude. 
Yeah, I know. That's what like blows my mind. And I this- and I think I think it's also it's like here's the other thing too. I think it's unfair for us because I think that we're we are we as critics sometimes are more positive to things based upon the fact that it's new and interesting. And I think that the, like you can't fucking you can't fucking undersell the newness of Titanic at the fucking time. You know? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is like I obviously I, I, a film like this today would not. Like go over as well. I mean, because it's been done before, for one thing. But like the melodrama of it would not would not float. Let's put it that way. I really wanted to see a negative review on Rotten uh, Rotten Tomatoes because it's usually like the top negative review on Rotten Tomatoes is like a really good zinger. <laughs> like it's like a real good like. But no, everything's everything's pretty good here. Uh, if computer-generated special effects have overpowered human-generated drama, Cameron seizes the dangerously cold technology and recasts it as a dream and delirium, profoundly human in its sources and longings. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. No meager, no meager disaster movie greased by a generic formula and goosed by big bucks technology. Titanic is one big bruising movie that will appeal on different levels to different audiences. And I think that's the real... Fu- I will agree with this. Duane uh, uh, Bigger, Hollywood Reporter, I think that's the, the real fucking zinger of Titanic as a blockbuster. It works on multiple levels. It works on multiple things. Multiple people are there. Like, there are probably kids that are going to this thing to see people fall off the fucking Titanic, right? That's a fucking thing that yeah. happened. That's a fucking thing that happened. Yeah. And you sat through, you sat through fucking, I can't, I, that sounds like a terrible time because you gotta fucking sit through two, two and a half fucking <laughs> hours of this movie before the Titanic breaks the fuck up. So that's, that's a hell of a, th- I mean, I'm sure people did that, but that's a hell of a fucking thing to fucking do. I, I don't know. <laughs> that was fucking weird, man. All right, yeah. So user score for Titanic, I'm crazy. 8.5, and the meta score is 75. Uh, so, yeah, I think around everything is generally having, IMDb is a 7.8, and uh, Titanic is roughly hanging around a 89%, I mean, split the difference, 69% uh, audience score, 89% uh, to me to meter. Which is fucking weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, because <laughs> yeah, I don't think any, I'm saying, right? I don't think I don't think I'm it's not even split. sure. Any here's a question: Did any of these sites existed when this movie came out? <laughs> yeah. Also, also that. Like, yeah. What does so, this even mean? Yeah. Like, at least the amount of people that have gone on Rotten Tomatoes specifically to rate old movies. You know. I just, I'm just weirded out that it's so high. Like that's, this is a nine, this is almost a 90. It's like a nine out of 10 from, from fucking reviewers. And I get, I guess I get that because again, tomato meter, like who is not, who's going to say that overall Titanic is a bad movie. Like we're not going to give it below a five. I I am. I, I, oh, okay. Yeah. Trevor Flynn, everybody. I mean, the other, the other friend, The other classic that we reviewed is Blade Runner. You know what I gave that? I can't score this higher than Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, why did you? Why did you do that self to you, sir? Why did you do that uh, self to you, sir? Like <laughs> I, I understand Blade Runner has a problem, but you have to admit that, like as a whole, it is doing something. That it's not the problem of like the scene or whatever. It's just the fact that. Um, like this movie it's a classic that I had seen in bits and pieces and then once I sat down to watch it from beginning to end I was just like yeah I didn't get any more watching it from beginning to end than I got from watching it in bits and pieces you know like I didn't 
Why would you need to get <sighs> yeah, something yeah, more yeah. from watching it in bits and pieces? Like, why can't a good scene be a good? I don't know. This is this is this is an inherent thing because you were never gonna get that from Blade Runner because Blade Runner is inherently fucking confusing, <laughs> which I don't think is a a problem for that movie. But I, like Jesus Christ, I do not have the fucking willpower at midnight to unfucking to ar- <laughs> midnight after St. Patrick's Day to fucking argue with you about fucking Blade Runner. So what do you <laughs> give this movie out of ten? <laughs> Keeping in mind that a five is pro- above a six is probably a recommendation. Five, probably. Yeah, a five. Yeah. I, I mean, it's James Cameron, man. Like, I acknowledge he's good at his craft, but like, I hate the way he writes characters. <laughs> like, yeah. Every yeah. beat of this, every beat of dialogue in this film is like end class condescension. <laughs> like, that's just the movie in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm coming in at a uh, at a six point five. I think I think I think Titanic is still a a good movie. I think it is not aged particularly well, and I think that you can see the seams around. Wh- I think I think I think there's so much from it though that was new and interesting at the time that it's definitely a relic oh, yeah. that we need to study because I think you can see the much grain- like the ship itself. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck me, dude. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> the point was good without, uh, you know, I just want to point out we embellishing haven't made it. nearly enough, nearly enough maritime jokes. Yet. So, I, I, cramming them in. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't think it, I don't think it's aged particularly well, but at the same time, I think that it is a relic that will tell us literally the direction to which blockbusters in the future were like to send, and it's still it's still the fucking touchstone by which we judge blockbusters. And I I think that's also too is like this the, one of the things that I think is looking back on it that I find fucking fascinating is I think that there's blockbusters don't hold like the Titanic does, which is the whole reason the Titanic was successful, and it's one of these things too where I like I wonder if the fact that the Titanic success is something that we've been chasing for so long and chasing in different ways were we chasing a ghost of something that like doesn't happen anymore because we're so oversaturated the release schedule that nothing could fucking hold like this anymore and it's one of those things too it's like the point in your favor and your argument there is i don't think anyone's done it tried to do it since pearl harbor that's that's a movie we we need to talk about if we want to if we want to talk about that people trying to ape this film's success because that that's yeah the, let's talk let's talk about enough beer to be had for me to fucking review Pearl fucking Harbor or even watch <laughs> Pearl Harbor again holy fuck dude and I and let me tell you I am a B fifty two bomber like fanatic I have I have I have a huge fucking model that I have spent like eight hundred plus hours fucking putting together of a B fifty two bomber I fucking love B fifty two bombers. And they have a really good rendition of the inside cockpit and filming of B-52 Bombers. They may be one of the best versions of B-52 that's ever been on screen. And I fucking will not watch that movie. Like, I, I just, <laughs> like, you, you you don't even know this about me, Trevor, that I like, like, I like, I like, I have Air Force models and things that I did. I did Gundams and Air Force. And the B-52 is one of my proudest models I've ever fucking put together. And I just fucking do not, I just still don't want to fucking watch Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I even like Spitfires. Fuck you. I like the Spitfire, the Zero, everything. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like, I ain't fucking doing it. <sighs> For everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn. Oh, wait, what did we rate it overall? 5.75 5. or a 6. A 6. 
six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it's good night, everybody. Yeah. So we gave we gave uh, we gave the Titanic a six out of ten. So yeah, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's a classic. I think I think I think like the ship itself, it's more of an archaeological dig at this point than anything else. That's really bad. I'm gonna go now. Bye!